On today's episode, we will continue talking about potential trade pieces that the Dallas Stars could acquire this offseason. And today I'm joined by host of the Locked On San Jose Sharks podcast, J.D. Young, to talk about Brent Burns and the possibility of him reuniting with his friend Joe Pavelski this season. All coming up on today's episode of Locked On Stars. Your Locked On Stars, your daily podcast on the Dallas Stars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, Stars fans. Welcome back to the Locked On Stars podcast, the only daily podcast covering the Dallas Stars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Dane Lewis, your local expert on all things Dallas Stars hockey, credentialed member of the Stars Media, coming to you on this Thursday, June 16th. And whether this is your first time here or you are a recurring listener of the show, thank you for stopping in and making Locked On Stars your first listen of the day. Be sure to subscribe to our show Hit the follow button on your favorite podcasting platform. Leave a five-star rating review of the show. It helps us out tremendously, helps the show continue to grow and develop. And on today's episode, I'm joined by J.D. Young of Locked On San Jose Sharks to talk about the possibility of Brent Burns being traded to Dallas for this season. Let's jump to that interview right now. Welcome in, hockey fans. This is Dane Lewis of the Locked On Stars podcast, joined now by a very special guest host of the Locked On San Jose Sharks podcast, J.D. Young, and we're here to talk about a potential trade that maybe or maybe could not happen this offseason, but certainly one worth discussing. And we are talking about defenseman Brent Burns, who currently plays for the San Jose Sharks that has been his team for the past several seasons. And uh, to kind of get things rolling, J.D. is going to kind of start out by selling us on why we would want a guy like Brent on our team. He is getting up there in age, but still has shown that he has a little bit left in the tank. So, J.D., if you were trying your best to, I mean, the the, the show Shark Tank comes to mind, no pun intended, I guess. <laughs> but if you were trying to sell Brent Burns to a potential buyer, in this case, it being the Dallas Stars, how would you go about it? Okay, so I know that's the first thing that comes up is Brent Burns' age, right? And he just turned 37, so this is his age 37 season. And you think, that that's really old, but Brent Burns is the most durable player in the NHL, right? He actually led the NHL in time on ice last year, set a personal high in the most amount of minutes that he played last year, and has not missed a game since 2013, the 2013-2014 season. So you're getting a guy who's super dependable and he's going to be there night in night out. The guy is an absolute freak when it comes to taking care of his body. There's nobody in the NHL that does it better than him. And spoiler, the Sharks were really bad last year and he <laughs> still was producing numbers. So he had 54 points in 82 games and that's, you know, that's not too bad, but the Sharks were the 28th uh, team in scoring last year. So it's not like the Sharks were just racking up a ton of points and he was, you know, actually like just benefiting from that. He was a large part of the Sharks offense. And yes, we know Brett Burns has always been, you know, he's not the most defensive oriented guy, but like he can still play pretty reasonable defense. And I think for him, you know, 
being in the situation where the Sharks were, he's had to be the guy that minutes muncher for the Sharks. And he's done an outstanding job with that. And I think if he played a kind of a lesser role, which he would easily do in Dallas, especially behind, you know, uh, oh, what's his name? Um, Mira Haskinen. Mira Haskinen, thank you. Mm-hmm. You know, Mira Haskinen is going to be your, your top-line defenseman. Brent Burns, as a second-pair defenseman, not too shabby. And I know the contract's going to be a thing. Um, he's still on the books for three years, $8 million. But the Sharks have already you know, started exploring trades, and they'd be more than happy to eat some cap space to kind of free up um, Brent Burns from their, from, you know, from their cap space. Yeah, and I think this is almost one of those situations where I think me personally, just looking at Burns' numbers, even from this past season, but really just for the past several seasons, like he's not slowing down with age. There's something in the water in San Jose that makes these players like him or Pavelski or Thornton who can get up into their late 30s and still have really nice seasons. I mean, Pavelski they just finished... To share uh, with, they forgot to share it with Vlasic, but... Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. They, 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 they only have so much for, for yeah. a certain number of players, but this is almost a situation, I think, for Dallas where there's there could be excitement with a guy like Burns because of these, you know, the numbers he still puts up and the the playmaking that is potentially there on the blue line. But then I think for at least Stars fans who, you know, paid attention really closely this last season, there's the fear of could we get burned by age? Because that kind of happened with Ryan Suter this past year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he did I think he actually did pretty well on offense and he was up there in time on ice. He played, I think, all 82 games, but there were just several moments where, and including in the playoffs against Calgary where Dallas just got burned on defense because you have Haskinen on one side and then Suter would typically be the other guy in that pairing, but he would just get you know torched on defense by a guy like Johnny Gaudreau or Matthew Kachuk. I mean, they're just going to be way faster than Ryan Suter, who's only a year or two younger than Brent Burns, I believe. So, that, And you mentioned the not necessarily that he's a liability on defense, but definitely not you know the speedy defenseman that he maybe once yeah. was. Yeah, at this point in his career. Um you know, definitely not the the center point of his game. So I think that's something that maybe Stars fans would be hesitant on, um, as well as the contract as well. I don't think that's as much as Suter's making. Um, yeah, Ryan Suter making 3.6 a season, but he's on yeah. until like 2025, I think. So, you know, it, it's just one of those things where, you know, you might have to kind of weigh the pros and cons and then make a move. But, you know, I, I think that he could pair really nicely maybe even alongside Haskinen if they decided they didn't want to have Suter anymore or maybe with Essa Lindell or even a guy like Yanni Hockenpah who's I, I keep thinking he's a younger guy because he's new to the stars but he's actually a little bit older than I thought but mm-hmm. yeah I, I, what would you say is like the benefit of Burns in the locker room I mean obviously we know what kind of player he is do you think that he could come in um, similar to a guy like Pavelski who did such a really good job of just kind of oozing in for lack of a better term without much hesitation to be a leader do you think burns could have that same effect if he goes to a different city has that kind of been his style as a teammate over the past few years in san jose yeah he's uh you know he's been an alternate captain for the sharks for a a long time and you know he's definitely one of those guys in the locker room where you know other players go up to him Um, i'm gonna do a little bit of a humble brag here but i just talked to to sharks forward jasper weatherby you know and he was saying like after like the third game or something like that you know Brent Burns comes up and goes like hey how you doing you know and how you feeling and Jasper was like I'm feeling good and Burns is like this is the last time you're gonna be able to say that you know type of thing because it's just the grind of the season but like you know he he's done a good job I know he's worked with Ryan Merkley who's a young defenseman on trying to like kind of you know change his body and kind of get him ready for the grind of the NHL and 
you know, I think Ryan Merkley lived with him for a little bit. And, you know, like Brent Burns is, he's like that, he's that guy in the locker room where he's going to definitely, you know, be accepting and, and, you know, kind of come in and be a leader for a team. And I know that the stars are a very veteran laden team, um, but I think he's definitely going to fit in, especially, you know, with Joe Pavelski where him and, and Burns made magic for years where, you know, Burns is, you know, shots from the point, Pavelski just tipping those in and, you know, you would see before and after practice where those guys, they would just work on that and work on that. And that's how Pavelski got so good at that, which is Brent, him and Burns spending that time together working on that. And, you know, you talked about Burns and the potential of the slowdown, but like a couple of weeks back, I did, I did an episode where we, we looked at Brent Burns's offensive production compared to like some of the greats in the NHL, like great defensemen, you know, um, like Nicholas Lindstrom and like guys like that. And he's producing in the same ballpark as these type of guys. Again, those guys are better, like actual defensive defensemen, but like his offense, isn't just going to fall off a cliff right now, especially with the way he takes care of his body. And again, I cannot stress this enough. The sharks could not score goals. So if he's still producing <laughs> points on a team that just can't score, you would assume that playing on a team where there's more offensive production and kind of more guys around, he'd be able to continue to, to, to put up points. Yeah, and offense was something that was difficult for Dallas to come by this season as well. They're kind of the the main idea that we've been focusing on this offseason, at least at Locked on Stars, is the search for that secondary scoring. And you would think most of it comes from guys that can play, you know, maybe second line roles because I think everything is kind of set in stone for Dallas on the top line and then in the mm -hmm. crease and with Miro Haskin. And then everything else is kind of a TBD. It could get shuffled around. It just kind of depends on what the new head coach is looking for, which we still, at this moment, at the time of recording, don't have a new head coach, despite uh, rumors around this time last week of DeBoer getting that role, but it hasn't been announced yet. So still holding out for a different option. We know it's not going to be Bruce Cassidy, but yeah, it, there's so much that can that could go into that. And, you know, Burns, I think, like you said, you know, if he struggles on a team that can, you know, be as offensive, you know, or I guess lacking offense like San Jose, Dallas was the same way, but you know, if Dallas can add to their offensive core and then get a guy like Burns in there who has that established chemistry with Pavelski, but also just has that work ethic. Uh, I, I, you're very much right that this is a veteran-led team, and you know, I, I think it would be easy for him to come into a locker room like the one in Dallas and kind of know his role as not being the leader of the team because I still think that's Jamie Benn as the captain or Tyler Sagan or uh, even Pavelski, just even though he's been there a short time, I think has kind of taken on this role of uh, basically, you know, if Ben wasn't the captain, it would probably be Pavelski. So I mm -hmm. think he could find a way to, uh, you know, come in pretty seamlessly and uh, be a veteran leader that can mentor guys like Haskinen, who is still really, really young and still has a lot of hockey ahead of them. And there's even a few other younger defensemen like Thomas Harley, who's I think still 19 or 20 years old, still has a lot of his career ahead of him as well. Uh, could, you know, provide some scoring, provide some points, but also, you know, be a mentor for some of the next generation of stars defensemen. Yeah. And, you know, I think another thing too is, you know, if, if Pete DeBoer goes there, I mean, Pete DeBoer was the head coach with the Sharks when they went to the cup and guess who led that team? Joe Pavelski and Brent Burns, who, you know, Brent Burns, that was, you know, Brent Burns was, I think was it that year he won the Norris when the 16 or was it the year after uh, um, that he won the Norris the 16, 17 season when they went yes. to the cup, um, you know, like if, Finds you somebody the way Pete DeBoer loves using Brent Burns. And <laughs> if, if Pete DeBoer goes to Dallas, like it's kind of feels like it's heading that way. 
it just makes too much sense for those guys to kind of reunite in Dallas. So, yeah, that would be one part that I think could be somewhat exciting. But I know there's also some hesitancy with with other Pete DeBoer things. But that's certainly a, a topic for another I hope day. You don't and, like power plays. <laughs> well, you would uh, you would think the Dallas Stars didn't like power plays based on their their playoff performance, but. It's a whole whole conversation for a, a different day, but we're going to continue this conversation about Brent Burns and what it could look like for him in Dallas and talk about him potentially being a replacement for John Klingberg if he does leave this offseason. But first, we do want to take a moment and say thank you to one of the sponsors of today's episode of Locked on Stars and Locked on Sharks, and that is our friends over at Built Bar. Our friends at Built Bar are always coming out with amazing new flavors. Well, this time, Built Bar has truly outdone themselves with their new mud pie flavor. And for the first time ever, Built Bar is introducing the new mud pie flavor in both Built Bar form and Built Bar puff form. The new mud pie is rich with whipped cream and chocolate mousse, smothered in 100% real chocolate and topped with cookies and cream crumble. JD, does that sound appetizing to you? Are you about the, the mousse and smothered chocolate cookies and cream oh. lifestyle is that is mine's that something that sounds fridge. good mine's in the fridge ready to go so Ooh. yes mine are i think mine are still in the mail but when they get here i'm i'm very excited to give this one a whirl and if you listening at home are also salivating in your mouth over this new flavor you can check it out on built bars website just built.com and you can even see the macros that it tastes delicious and is good for you with 16 grams of protein only 150 calories and eight grams of sugar you can go to built.com right now and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Again, use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order at built.com. Hey, Stars fans, Dane here. We have an important favor to ask you. We've put together a survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite Locked On podcast better than ever. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and don't like about Locked On Podcast. Go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long, and everyone that completes a survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. To take our audience survey, go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey. Thank you guys so much for your help. Now let's get back to today's episode. And we're moving on on this crossover episode between Locked On Stars and Locked On Sharks, talking about Brent Burns and what it might look like for him to be a member of the Stars next season. And it could be an important role for him to come fill fill in, uh, as we just said before going to the ad break, that John Klingberg could be on his way out of Dallas. It kind of seems like a matter of when, not if at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I think that this... Could be an interesting trade. I know I've been thinking about this most of the day as we were prepared to record this episode and uh, was maybe thinking that Burns might not be a good replacement. But if you look at the numbers last season, I mean, Burns had a little bit more of everything. I mean, more goals, more assists, more points. And I mean, he's what, almost 10 years older uh, than John Klingberg. John Klingberg's still 29, I believe. So quite the age difference, but yet still a lot more production from Burns this season. And I know many people are Quick to point out, you know, that maybe Rick Bonus was holding back John Klingberg, that his play's been on the decline ever since he came around. But again, just with the amount of money that Klingberg wants, I feel like he's on his way out. Brent Burns could be the guy, possibly, based on, you know, what you've seen, JD. I know you 
probably haven't seen a ton of John Klingberg, uh, but do you think that he could be a guy that could come in and kind of replace someone who's been the guy on defense for the past several years? Do you think Burns is capable of that at this point in his career? Yeah, I mean, the interesting thing with Klingberg, right, is, you know, you said it's his contract projection. So Evolving Hockey, who does a really good job with their contract projections, um, you know, they they pretty accurate within usually like a couple hundred thousand dollars, except for like weird contracts. So they're projecting Klingberg at a six year, six point eight, eight, three million. So we'll just basically say seven million. So, it, you know, it's like basically for a million dollars, if the shark, if for, you know, for a million dollars more, you could have Brent Burns. That's if the Sharks don't eat any of the cap type of thing. And then you're also only getting him for half the time, right? Um, but, I mean, when it comes to, like, comparing their, their you know, even that you look at their their fancy stats by evolving hockey, Klingberg is just kind of a mess in the defensive zone. You know, he, he gives up way more expected goals and gives up actually more goals and than, than Brent Burns. And while... Burns doesn't have the same amount of offense. I think the trade-off there is you're getting Brent Burns, who's just a more reliable guy. You know, he's he's not driving the offense maybe the same way Klingberg is, but he's also not a whole mess in the defensive zone. And I think, you know, there's Sharks fans, there's plenty of times you can point to Brent Burns doing dumb stuff in the defensive zone. And, you know, he's, he's very famous for his starfish uh, defense, you know, sometimes, <laughs> but like, you also have to look at the Sharks last year where, you know, Eric Carlson was played, I think, like 50 games last year. And, you know, Mario Ferraro played, missed a bunch of games. And Vlasic, who, you know, the Sharks shelled out a big you know contract for him, you know, and he just hasn't been the same guy. So it's been literally Brent Burns having to carry the Sharks defense at this point. And, you know, I, I think that for him playing in it, you know, instead of having to play the 27 minutes a night that he's playing with the Sharks, if he's in that 22, 23 minute range, I think you're going to see a much more effective Brent Burns being able to kind of, I don't want to say concentrate, but, you know, not having to kind of have those mental lapses because he's having to do everything for the Sharks defense. And again, if he's on your second to pair behind, you know, Mir Heishkinen, I think you're looking really, really solid with him and not having to, again, ask him to do the world like that he's doing for the Sharks right now. Yeah, and I think that's huge too. Is that you get him, and he, you know, if Burns does come to Dallas to play for the Stars, I think that's part of the sigh of relief is that he's not expected to be the main guy. And obviously, Miro Heiskanen had a tough season, uh, you know, battling I know COVID at one point in the year, and then he had mono for a good stretch of the back half of the season, but still was able to put together a pretty nice season defensively. But I think he's really going to take that next step on the offense this season, especially uh, whenever a new ho- coach does get hired. Uh, maybe you know someone who can elevate his game offensively a little bit, and so I think that's a perfect role for Burns to come in and play, where he can you know not have to be the main focus on defense, but can still give you you know that those minute eating nights, night in and night out, where he's super durable. I mean, yeah, played yeah, all eighty two games missed, last season. Hasn't missed so. the game since 2013, 2014. It's insane. Yeah, I was for, for guy <laughs> how much he plays. It's insane that he's just like, yeah, whatever, yeah. I'll play. <laughs> yeah, and, and to be like that size too, because what, 6'5", 230 is what NHL.com has him at? I mean, to be that size and to be probably in as many hits that like checks and checking situations that he's been in, like that's just unreal. So I think that that's like also very valuable. A, a team in Dallas that is always looking to have healthy players, I think they did a pretty good job of, what I say good job as if it, you know, it's something they could control, <laughs> but they, you know, they, they had a lot of healthy guys last year that played 
really critical minutes for most of the season. And so I think he could come in and, you know, fit that really well. And as far as Klingberg goes, I mean, obviously, as of right now, with him not being technically, you know, signed for the team for the future, his, you know, where he could end up going, kind of a mystery right now. Do you think he's a guy that you would want to see in San Jose or do you envision him maybe going somewhere else and he might not be the best fit for the Sharks? What are your kind of thoughts on Klingberg as far as maybe being uh, on San San Jose this season? Yeah, I mean, there, that's definitely some of the we'll, we'll get into trades. You know, a lot of people have like, well, mm. you know, Burns for Klingberg's rights, and then you resign him type of thing. But like, the Sharks have so much money tied up in their defense right now, and they're they're really trying to get that kind of cleaned up a little bit. You know, Eric Carlson makes eleven and a half million dollars, and Vlasic, like I said, he's got I think five years and seven million dollars on his contract, and he's a potential buyout for the, the, the Sharks and. You know, they, they tied up so much money there with their defense. And then they, you know, they're all their forwards. You got Logan Katoro on a long term, you know, eight by eight year deal. I think he's got four or five years left on that. You know, Thomas Hurdle just signed a new contract. And then Timo Myers is going to be expecting a new contract next year. And he might be potentially, a, you know, $10 million player if, if he continues to play the way he did this year. But I, I think for them, they're going to try to, they don't really have like a, I mean, other than Ryan Merkley, they don't really have like a A plus candidate in their their prospect pool. So I think they're going to kind of go the cheap route for a little bit until they can kind of, you know, maybe patchwork it together for a little bit. Um, yeah, I, I just don't see them getting into another long term defensive relationship right now with, with a player just because, you know, I, th- I think this offseason they're trying to work out of some of their cap issues. And then there, of course, was the whole Vander Kane situation where, he, the rest of his contracts looming over in the NHL for some reason decides that they can't get an arbitrator uh, before the uh, before free agency right now. So it's yeah, it's kind of a mess with their cap situation. So I I mean as much as Klingberg, you know, he he provides a lot of offense. I, I think the Sharks just don't have the cap space right now, and then they're they're trying to score more goals, and I, I think they're going to be trying to fortify their their forwards right now, find some more depth scoring this this summer. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think it's just going to take like the exact right situation for Klingberg to want to go to, one where he can really thrive and kind of take his game to that next level to be worth that. What was the amount of money that you said, like seven million? Uh, so that he's they have him, projected? yeah, six point. Uh, so evolving hockey, they have him a thirty-three percent chance of signing a six-year deal at six point eight eight three, um, and then a thirty-one percent chance at signing a seven-year deal, and that'd be six point eight one nine million. So a little bit under seven okay. million for both. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think he would like, it'd have to be just the perfect spot. And of course, sometimes all a guy needs is just a change of scenery and, you know, all of his problems go away. So don't really know where Klingberg will end up. I know that there's probably still a few people that think that he could still end up in Dallas, which would be a, a miracle. I just don't envision Jim Neal and company signing him for that much money, but we'll, we'll have to see what happens. And maybe a new coaching hire would make him more willing to stick around for less money and, then, then I feel like Brent Burns doesn't come in, but all of that is just hypothetical at this point and could certainly change. You know, after what we see throughout free agency and the draft, I mean, that's the what makes the NHL offseason so exciting. Yeah, and then you know, like getting into you know the shark or the stars cap situation. I mean, like, so I mean, who their big contracts this year? Like, do they have any kind of big free agents or anybody they have to resign? Yeah, yeah. So the Stars offseason, I think the priority list goes Jake Ottinger, who's an RFA right now, um, mm-hmm. as well as Jason Robertson, also RFA. Um, but I imagine 
like both of those guys are it, and at least if I'm in the stars front office, which I'm not, but I feel like with both of these players, like, an, I <laughs> believe surprisingly, surprisingly, I'm not uh, for people listening who think I've been in the stars front office. I'm sorry to disappoint you after almost a, a whole calendar year, uh, if only, but it wouldn't take uh, an NHL expert to know that, you know, if you have a guy like Jason Robertson and Jake Ottinger on your team, you re-sign those guys just with how they played this past year. Ottinger, I would argue, was maybe the third best goalie throughout the playoffs, despite only getting seven games. Just the way he shut down Calgary for the better mm-hmm. part of that series until you know Game Seven. If you go and look at that game-winning goal from Gaudreau, I mean, the the margin of of that goal that was, was just insane. Yeah, it, yeah. I mean, that's just a nine times out of ten, Ottinger gets that save, and that was just the the one that doesn't. So you re-sign him. You re-sign Jason Robertson, who's a forty-goal guy. Uh, and then those everything else is just kind of a, a toss-up. I mean, you have Klingberg, who's UFA, the rest of the defensemen uh, outside of Andre Sekera, who's 36, probably not coming back and wasn't taking up a ton of cap room. Uh, you know, not a big deal there. And then on offense, it's kind of a, a lot of smaller guys. Alexander Radulov is already, you know, committed mm-hmm. to going back to Russia to play hockey. Um, and then you have guys like Marion Studenich, who came over from the Devils this season, Vlad Nemestikov, who we got at the trade deadline. I would personally like to see him kept. I just don't know how much a guy like him is worth. Um, and then Michael Roffel, another another guy who we picked up last season as well from the Philadelphia Flyers in the offseason. Had a nice year, but age 33. Don't really know how much money he'll be expecting. So Robertson and Ottinger uh, definitely worth keeping. So, wow. Actually, I can tell okay. you. Uh, so you're according to evolving hockey. Jason Robertson is expected a six year, seven point eight six five million dollar contract. I think he gets closer to I think he gets like an eight year deal. Yeah. And I, I'd, I'd be fine with that. Yeah. And that would put him about almost a shade under nine. Then uh, Ottinger, he's a, a three year, four point nine. So a little under five million dollars. It's kind of his expected contract. So that that feels about right, too. Yeah. yeah I, so, I mean. You're going to have a little bit of cap space. I mean, you could definitely work up Brent Burns in there, but I think most likely it'd be one of those things where if the, the trade does happen again, so Brent Burns does have a three-team trade list, and you know he if he doesn't want to go somewhere, he's not going to go somewhere. You know, And I think the Sharks have, I know they're, they don't have a general manager at the moment, but Joe Will has been kind of running the show. And, you know, Brent Burns is so important to the Sharks where, you know, he's definitely, you could, put him on the the, the Mount Rushmore of, of Sharks players. But like, you know, he's, he said in his exit interview where he wants to try to win a cup, you know, and sorry, guys, the Sharks aren't winning a cup the next three years while <laughs> Burns is on the team. It's just, it's not going to happen. But like, you know, so, you know, in the stars, it, it kind of makes sense where, you know, he, he makes his summer home. He lives in Dallas. He has a, his huge ranch, or not in Dallas, but he lives in Texas. He has this huge ranch there. You know, him and Pavelski are very close friends. You know, I know their kids... Uh, hang out and all that fun stuff but that's why the, the stars kind of make the most sense so you know i think if we if we start kind of looking at a trade package where you know maybe the sharks if they eat two million dollars of the contract over the next three years and then it's like you know dallas is paying six million dollars for three years for brent burns i think that's that's a pretty fair thing and you know it, the cap the picks i think the Sharks are kind of they're they're trying to play the we're we're reloading and we think we can kind of win with our our core, you know. So maybe they want like a, a I think they for them the cap space is the most important thing, and then anything else to get on top of that is kind of you know the cherry on top. So I think if you're looking at like a third round pick and then maybe like a mid level prospect, and then the Sharks eat two million dollars of the contract, I think that's kind of the starting point for for the trade right there. 
Yeah, yeah. And you say third round pick. I mean, I feel like with the Stars, I mean, they have all of their picks right now, according to Cap Friendly, uh, except the seventh round pick. They gave up a seventh round pick to Buffalo the other day in that whole Ben Bishop trade. Uh, that wasn't really a trade. It just helped the <laughs> yes. Sabres get closer to the $60, $60 million minimum, and it helped the Stars clear like $5 million on their books. So it was really just kind of a yep. paperwork kind of deal. So they don't have a seventh-round pick, but they have a pick rounds one through six. So, I mean, there's really not just for the Sharks, but I feel like any team, you know, the potential for a team to come in and maybe ask for a few picks this draft. I don't really know how like hard the Stars are looking to go. They actually had a really good draft last summer. Uh, Wyatt Johnston and Logan Stankoven both playing really well uh, in their respective CHL team leagues right now. Um, I get all those teams and leagues mixed up, but I know both of them had really good seasons. And so, and there's even talks that Wyatt Johnston's coach, uh, Mark Savard, who played with Tyler Sagan in Boston and won a cup together in 2011, that he could potentially become the new head coach, which has already been talked about at length. But yeah, I can definitely see the stars, you know, especially for a guy like Burns, if they're only paying that $6 million for three years. You know, maybe giving up a third round pick or maybe even a second round if that's something that San Jose yeah. is interested in. And Definitely. then, of course, we don't yeah. have one. So, yeah. So, <laughs> I feel like first round pick, maybe there's a line drawn there. At, like, personally, myself haven't done too much in depth look at who's going to be available. And I think the stars have the 18th overall pick. So, it's mm-hmm. kind of one of those things where, like, at that point in any draft, any like any sport, it's kind of like a toss up of, you know, in the NFL, you have all your, your big name guys and then the Patriots will pick 18th and they'll just take someone that you've never heard of, and that could very well be what the Stars do, uh, you know, just with how weird the NHL draft can be, especially, you know, in the the middle of the first round. So, yeah. yeah. And, and this then, year's and draft then, is especially, like, especially after pick three, because, I mean, that's, I've been very heavy in the draft, and, like, after pick three, it's just, it's a wide open mess of, like, who knows who could be available for there. For the, I mean, there, there's definitely good players in there, but it's very much put a bunch of names in a hat and pull a guy out type of thing, especially, especially around that, like yeah. 15, 16, 17, 18 range. So, yeah. And, and it's just like so difficult or different with hockey. Cause it's, you know, a lot of times, unless you're getting like a, a Connor McDavid esque player, you won't potentially see you them at see the them. NHL level for what, two, three seasons. And then maybe by the time they're ready for the NHL, they get traded or they, you know, their contract yeah. ends and they go somewhere else. So I can definitely see Dallas if the price is right. Like if the, if the return is great enough, you know, they give up that that 18th overall pick in the first round. But yeah, definitely, I think, you know, at least when I see, how I see it, a mid-level prospect and then a second or third round pick for Brent Burns. And I think that's something that both teams could definitely benefit from. Yes, like I said, especially because the Sharks, they they traded away their second round pick uh, last year to get Aiden Hill from the Coyotes. So they don't have a second round pick. Um, you know, they're picking 11th in, in the, the draft this year. And they've been in the asset collection mode where they're, you know, trying to gather draft picks and, and stuff like that. But um you know, I think if the second pick, maybe the Sharks eat $3 million of it. You know, it is just, I think, kind of a little bit of a sweetener to try to give the, the you know, the Stars a little bit of cap freedom. But, again, the big thing, I think, for the Sharks is trying to just free up some cap space where if they want to try to be a little bit more aggressive in free agency this year. And, you know, I think they're they're really trying to add some secondary scoring so that way it's not the team of Meyer, Tomas Hurdle show, you know, 82 games a year. And, you know, maybe try to give Logan Couture a little bit of help or, you know, try to not having to, you know, ask guys like William Eklund and, and Thomas Bordolo to kind of come in and just, you know, burn down the, the league as rookies. And, you know, I, I think they're going to both be really great players. 
you know, but it's just a lot to ask these guys to just step in the league right away and just, you know, be like, Hey, I need you guys to be 50 point players your first <laughs> season. It's a lot to ask for. So, you know, that, as I think that's, you know, if they can find use that, that $5 million to like, okay, let's go find a new two C and then let Logan Couture play three C. And it's like, okay, now we're kind of cooking with gas here. And so. Yeah, definitely. You know, sounds like at least from what you, you're saying and how you've been covering the Sharks that, you know, it could be dark right now for the San Jose Sharks, but, you know, better days are certainly coming with the the talent and the prospect level. And even, you know, guys like Hurdle and Meyer uh, at, at the NHL level right now who had pretty solid seasons despite the Sharks missing out on the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's yeah, I know the Sharks gave Dallas their fair share of troubles this year. So and that that's yeah. just how it was. It was all these like middle of the pack teams like the Canucks just beat the brakes off the stars in all three matchups this year. So it was the 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 mid to bad level Pacific teams that just gave Dallas the the hard times this season. So yes. For what's for whatever that's worth, you know, you, you I know the you know, the Sharks are a team that, you know, they gave us Joe Pavelski, so there's always a, a soft spot in my heart for a team like them. So I don't know. I say yeah. I say gave, I mean, you know. But that that third year. Yeah. it's it's really funny looking back on that. I know we're not gonna do a lot of Joe Pavelski, but like it was basically it was Joe Pavelski or Vander Kane. And I'm sure if you can go back now and redo that <laughs> decision, you know. <laughs> and the big thing with the, with Joe Pavelski was, you know, he wanted that that third year and the Sharks were like, mm, I don't know about giving a you know a third year to a guy who's gonna be what is I think he's about 36 or 37 now. It's yeah, like, 37. Yeah, it's like I I don't I just don't see you paying. Um, yeah, he has like one of his best seasons ever this year. So it's yeah, yeah. Which like I I don't blame them. I mean, how often no. do you see a guy like like that have you know their best statistical year at that age? Yeah. So it's just one of those odd things with with the NHL. And I don't know. We're getting at least one year of of Joe Pavelski. So this could kind of be his his last hurrah. And I'm sure he would love nothing more than to to go out with Brent Burns at his side. Yeah. So, all right, so second round pick, Sharks eat three million, and we'll get a, a mid-level prospect. Let's call it in. Yeah, well, uh, I'll uh, pretend that I work for the Stars front office, and I'll I'll send that one over to yeah. to Jim Hill. Uh, so. Yeah, I'll, I'll text uh, I'll text Doug Wilson Jr. So we'll, we'll yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, JD, thanks for for crossing over today. And if a deal it does end up going down, we'll uh, we'll have to get back on together and and talk about the logistics of it. All right. Sounds good, buddy. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed today's crossover episode with JD over at Locked on Sharks. Be sure to go give his show a follow on Twitter or on YouTube as well. If you were interested in keeping up with the Sharks anymore this offseason, JD does some great work over there. Always glad to partner up with him for an episode. Thank you guys for tuning in today for making Locked on Stars your first listen of the day. Be sure to hit that subscribe button on YouTube. We have surpassed 350 subs. We are on our way to 400. Be sure to also follow us on your favorite podcasting platform. Leave us a five-star rating and maybe a review if you're on Apple Podcast. If you like what you hear, we will be back here tomorrow with more off-season content. Hope to see you there, Stars fans. Hope you have a fantastic Thursday. Remember to be loud, wear green, go Stars. You guys know the drill. We'll see you back here tomorrow.